And welcome to the Church Fails Podcast, where we bring our failures out into the open so we can laugh together and learn something along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about our tension with live streaming our services. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the creator of Collaborate Worship and the lead pastor at No Limits Church. My name's Dylan. I'm the creative director at Collaborate Worship and the worship leader at No Limits Church. All right, so let's get right into this. We actually never live stream our services, never live streamed our services until this year. Mm-hmm. Never, ever put them online. And so let's, well, you know, Corona is the whole reason that we even decided to go with live streaming anyway. So we're several months into that. We're going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about you know, why we never live stream our services in the first 12 years of our church. Why did we never put them online? What do you think? Well, I think part of the reason was probably because it was extra work. (laughs) We're being (laughs) honest. (laughs) But another reason being that we, we probably didn't feel confident that we could do it with excellence. And we've talked about that in a previous podcast, but so go listen to that if you want to hear more about that, I guess. Yeah. So we had it to a point where it was sounding good in the room because you can, you can get away with some mistakes um, in your music whenever it's in the room, because the natural reverb and stuff kind of covers up a vocal that may not be singing right on pitch, but you put that thing on a live stream and woo, hear it all. You hear it all. In-ears kind of help with that too, because then you start hearing things that you've never heard before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's really the reason why. It's going to be more work and we weren't sure we could even do it right. So, so why even try? So, we didn't live stream and then Corona hit us and we decided, well, we got to do it. The country shut down. We didn't have a choice but to live stream. So let's talk about, we talked about this in detail in another episode, but let's just give them a brief overview of what it was like getting a live stream going. It was rough. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used um, an iPad app at first just because we already had the infrastructure set up from work with some of our clients with other work that we do. And so we used that just because it was easiest and uh, cheapest to implement. And we got it sounding pretty good because we were able to go straight from the X32 into an audio interface and then into the iPad. So we had good sound. The video was decent because it was coming from an iPhone. But we were having a lot of uh, networking issues was our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It took us a few weeks to get the sound right, though. I mean, it didn't mm-hmm. happen immediately. I'd say week four, I think we were finally starting to find our stride. Yeah. It took me about that long to figure out like what are just the the minor differences between creating a great live mix in the room versus a live streaming mix. And I figured those things out and I'm actually working on a course right now, you know, to help other churches create just a simple live streaming strategy where you don't have to bring in another mixer. You don't have to bring in another person to run the mix. You just kind of like mimic the same thing that's going on in the room, but just make some fine adjustments to make it sound better on over a computer speakers or however other people are listening. So working on that course now, and maybe by the time this episode comes out, the course will actually come out. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but it wasn't, it was, it was tough, but it wasn't as hard as I thought to get great sound. It's just a few things that we had to change. Mm-hmm. But when the, when, when we opened back up, um, we were, what we're, we live in Oklahoma. So it was one of the States that got to go back to church soon, like as first of May and the, our first Sunday back, I would say probably 90% of our people came back immediately on that first Sunday back. And with quite a few first time guests as yeah. well. <laughs> so we actually had more people in the room than we normally would have had in the room before Corona. Because we were only one of a handful of churches in the city that were open mm-hmm. at that point. How many do you think were? Oh, maybe like two others. Is that it really? Yeah. So we were like one of three or four maybe? Yep. Dang. We were the early adopters. I mean, it, the governor gave us the green lights. So we're like, all right, we're going back to church. And so we did. And it's been going well ever since, you know, just... Mm-hmm. You wonder like, 
that first Sunday, maybe 90% of people show up and then it kind of dies off after that, but it's actually like stayed very consistent. And then we actually, four weeks later, broke an attendance record in our building. We had more people in there than we'd ever had in there right in the middle of all this COVID stuff. So that was really interesting. Um, but what has slowed down is the people participating in the live stream. Mm-hmm. And it's rather cha- challenging to focus on the people in the room and the live stream all at the same time and not forget somebody with when you have a full room like you kind of forget that the camera's even there or maybe are you like that too like in worship Mm -hmm. yeah so this kind of introduces attention for us is live streaming really effective is it really like the best way to serve our online audience just taking an experience that was meant for in person and then just broadcasting it and put it on putting it on live like what do you think is that like the best that we can do for people online i don't know because you you look at churches like elevation like if you've ever seen one of their um online services they put a lot of effort into making the online service feel really special and like it's its own thing because there's an online pastor, right? Yeah. And then they've got all this other stuff going on for those people specifically while other stuff is going on in person in the building. And so I think it works really well for them and they have one of the biggest online audiences in the country for that reason. But if you're a small church, you probably don't have the ability to put that much effort into it. True. And so that's probably where it becomes like not really worth it because you're just broadcasting something that's designed for in person. And it's going to make the online audience feel really excluded. Yep. The truth of the matter is, though, like a majority, I heard this at a conference that I went to recently, a majority of America are church at home people. Like they're never going to go to a church. And it was like that before Corona, like this wasn't just a coronavirus thing, but coronavirus made it even worse, right? So we want to serve people with the gospel who are only going to attend church online. So the question that we're having right now is just like, I don't think live streaming our services, like setting up a camera in the room and maybe even buying a better camera or better lighting or whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not sure that that's the answer to the best way, the most effective way to spread the gospel online. So that's what we wanted to talk about in this podcast is like, what what are some maybe other ideas so that we can encourage churches? Like maybe you don't have the budget to get the best camera out there or or whatever it is. And a lot of churches I know are kind of struggling with that tension. We need to get a better camera. We need to get better this. We need to get better that so that our online service, streaming service is better. It's like, uh, maybe there's a better use of time, better use of money mm-hmm. than to invest in all that camera equipment and stuff. Like I'm kind of feeling like that the best strategy here is to get a a good online mix from your service like go ahead and broadcast it for the people who aren't able to make it into your service for whatever reason or they're still in that vulnerable population and can't come out because of coronavirus or they're sick or whatever like you might as well serve them i mean you're going to set up the camera anyway so that you can post the message later and stuff like that so why not live stream but be careful of spending too much time and energy on that live streaming experience when you're simply broadcasting something that was meant for an in-person experience. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could do something like Elevation, but that's a struggle for smaller churches. I really don't think it's even realistic for smaller churches. So let's talk about some things that are realistic. So we wrote down a few strategies here. Um, I got these from Pro Church Tools. We can probably link the the blog I got them from in the description. He's got some really good info on online strategy for social media. 
but one of them was to engage with your congregation. So what this could look like is posting things that are valuable to your congregation's everyday life. So, I mean, it's probably going to be different from state to state and country to country, what that looks like for your church's congregation and even like what's going on in your city, current events in your current, in your area. Um, just, I mean, posting stuff that's relevant to your people, your congregation, I think is really important. And then also, um, having somebody that engages with their posts and with their timeline updates and encouraging them and their comments and all that stuff. And, and even responding to all of the comments on your church's posts, like don't leave people hanging there. That's really important to make those connections. Yeah. So making sure like you're staying engaged with the congregation on there. Wait, that's too simple. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to take more than that. We got to get like a better camera or something, right? No. Or at least get a better Mac so that you can comment with efficiency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can, I can see it the same way that you like look at small groups, like small groups are not supposed to be a big production. Like you would think a Sunday service is supposed to be. It's about relationships. And I think that's one of the most important things on social media too. Mm -hmm. Like forming those online relationships, communicating with them, responding to comments, all that good stuff. Yep, that's good stuff. And speaking of pro church tools, I want to give a shout out to Brady Shearer because he's been harping on this for years and mm-hmm. I've been listening to him. He's like, y'all live streaming your services is like most of y'all shouldn't even be live streaming your services. And a lot of churches didn't like to hear that. But I kind of agreed with him, obviously, because we weren't live streaming at all. But it, it's like, what is the answer? So that's cool. Like engage with people online. That mm-hmm. could be a simple first step. Maybe even like... um like I was talking about, instead of spending money on all this camera gear and all this stuff, what if you spent that money hiring a part-time person to um, engage in social media every day for your church? That'd probably be actually a lot less expensive than buying a new camera. Yeah. And more effective. Because thinking, is it, it, would it really be weird to, like, let's put ourselves in their shoes. Like you post a picture of you and your family and then you get a comment from no limits church saying like such a beautiful family. looks like you guys had fun, blah, 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 whatever you would say. You think that'd be weird to like see that from no limits church. Do you think they'd really be encouraged to see that? I don't know. It's not something churches are doing. So yeah, might throw them off at first, but I think they'd be appreciative of it. Yeah. I was just wondering what that looks like. Cause we haven't really done it like that. Cause obviously Cade could get on his personal profile and obviously it's coming from pastor Cade then. But like, what if you said we hired somebody that's engaging with people online and they got on the church's account. And so from no limits church, we're engaging with our congregation, you know, I would think you should probably still put your name at that point, like at the end of the post. Yeah. Or Hey Cade here with no limits. Great picture. You know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Just something I was thinking through earlier. Yeah. Cool. What's the next one? Next idea. Share stories because stories are the most powerful form of language. Um, and so what you have to do is you got to do some digging around, communicating with people, figuring out what the Lord's doing in people's lives. So that means talking to them and reaching out. And that's going to be the hardest part of it is finding the stories, I think, because it involves a lot of communication and not all of us are apt to do that i know it's not really in my in my personality to to reach out in that way so maybe you have somebody in your church that um maybe isn't serving in a place that they're uh super happy with or maybe they're not serving at all but they're really good at communicating and they're really good at finding out what's going on with people and what would you even call that they're just good at 
Story finder. Story finder. They're good at digging into people's lives, you know, in a good way. There's there's someone like that in every church. And so if you can empower them to do that, like the the testimonies that they'll be able to find just talking to people are going to be a huge encouragement to your church. And there's like, there's a ton of different ways that you could post those on social media. I mean, you could do, we've done full length five to seven minute story videos, high production story videos. And those obviously take a lot of work, but I think they, they render high output. Like they're, they're very effective in what they do. Obviously you've got to put a lot of time into them. So it's probably not going to be practical to do a lot of those. Right. But I think those are really cool every now and then, mm-hmm. but then there's also some, some smaller, much more time efficient things you can do. Like we've done uh, zoom calls with people mm-hmm. where we've hopped on and, uh, I mean, just talk to them like you would during all the Corona stuff on a, on a Zoom chat, and then you just kind of edit it down to a minute or two, and you show it as a story. And those have been really effective as well, and they don't take very much time, just as much time as it takes to talk to them and then do a little bit of cutting. Or you could just post a text story or whatever, or do you have any other ideas for that? No, I was just going to say that I love the strategy of the Zoom call because it's not... It takes so much of the stress away from capturing a story because you don't have to coordinate a time and a place and set up cameras and stuff like this. It's like, hey, what's a good time for you? You get to do this from your house. They can do it after the kids go to bed or whatever. You mm-hmm. hop on Zoom. Not the best audio quality, not the best video quality by any means, but you know the story is what's important here. Yeah. And, and people are kind of used to it right now anyway, the yeah. bad audio and video quality. That's true. I mean, there's not a place for the good uh-huh. quality stuff, but it's kind of like you have to find that balance between the two. Like have your once or twice a year or maybe even quarterly you have your story that you put a lot of effort into and get b-roll and stuff like that and put a lot of time into yeah. and but maybe you have one every month that's a, just a zoom call trying to get a story out there because the thing about stories is you have to capture them when they're fresh like if someone had a breakthrough or something like that because of something god did in their lives if you put it off like we can't schedule this shoot for another month for whatever reason they lose the passion behind telling their story mm-hmm. so it's like if you can hop on a zoom call with them the next day like you're going to get a good passionate response from them. True. Yeah. That's good stuff. I think maybe we can put a, an unlisted folder of some stories that we've shown to give people an example, yeah. some like zoom stories and some full length stories and stuff like that. just to get your creativity going. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So check cool. the description. Awesome. I love that. Stories are so powerful. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And then, uh, the third, the third on- online strategy that I have is to help people dig into the word We've had a lot of conversation about this lately with our small groups director at church. His name's Chris. Uh, every week we have a creative meeting with him, Kate and I, and we've talked about how, how we can through social media help people study the word throughout the week. Cause we've started to figure out you can't just expect them to put in that time on their own because they're very likely to forget i mean like i am <laughs> so they obviously are <laughs> right <laughs> and so that's what we've been trying to figure out is what what kind of things can we do to to help them study and to help them learn to read the word even because um, some people don't even know how to do that and so we've come up with with a few things that we want to try that we haven't started yet and we've we've tested a, another few things out one of them being um some prayer live stream prayers that Caden, his wife, Beth were doing Mm -hmm. and you guys were doing them. So I'll let you tell about those. Yeah. It was actually leading up to Pentecost Sunday and 
realize in the Bible, you know, the disciples met and prayed for 10 days leading up to Pentecost Sunday on the original Pentecost Sunday. So I was like, well, how cool would it be if we hopped on Facebook Live every night and and did that? So we did that for seven days straight. Um, and people really loved it. We had a good solid, you know, 50 people watch each one. Mm-hmm. And the ones who were on, they're like, we don't want it to end. It's like, well, I'm sorry, but we're not going to do this every day. <laughs> but we also do 21 days of prayer twice a year. We do it in January and we do it in August. And up until this point, we've kind of been piggybacking off of Church of the Highlands. They live stream their prayer service every day during that 21 days of prayer. So we just lead people to that and have them watch that at their house. But this coming up one, we're actually thinking about doing the same thing that we did leading up to Pentecost. Beth and I maybe will take a week uh, to live stream a prayer, and then maybe you can live stream prayer for a week and like just bring in other leaders in the church to do that. And we've also been thinking about what about a spontaneous like study through Ephesians. We spend six days back to back going through each chapter of Ephesians, and they can tune in live on Facebook and go through that with us. Mm-hmm. But not really put so much of a structure like we have to do this all the time, but just maybe once a quarter or something like that. Hop yeah. on there because it really was. It's pretty low effort. Once you have, if you have the right resources in hand, like whenever we did the prayer thing, we had this prayer guide that we use at church, which is we got it from Church of the Highlands, and you can they allow you to use all this stuff for free. Like that's kind of their mission in life is to support other churches. So for people who struggle with using other churches' resources, I just want to say use them. Like they put them out. Life Church, Church of the Highlands, they they put this stuff out there for us to use, so we don't have to put forth all this effort into creating this this prayer guide. So just look through it, make sure it aligns with your beliefs at church, and if it does, then then put your name on it and use it, and that's a beautiful thing. I think that's the church, capital C, working together mm-hmm. uh, to make a difference. So, but we use that prayer guide because there's several different prayers in there, like the prayer of Jabez, and so we sat down. Uh, during one of the live streams and went through the prayer of Jabez with him. So this doesn't have to be like you're preparing a, a unique message every time you hop on. Just take a resource that you already have in hand. It could be a book. It could be chapter one of Ephesians, like whatever. Just hop online and talk about it. Mm-hmm. People really seem to enjoy that. And it helps them to put the word at the forefront of their mind. And it helps them to realize how easy it is to study the Bible. It doesn't have to be as complicated as everybody makes it. Mm-hmm. I think we're trying to figure out a way to do something of that facet once a week, though, at least. Definitely not every day because that would get exhausting and nobody would watch after a certain point. (laughs) Maybe if you had a full-time staffer that could like sit down and and do that. Maybe I could see the prayer thing being a daily thing for an extended period of time, but... I, I mean, I, I personally get exhausted by those things on Facebook. Like after a couple of them, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody would stick around for too terribly long. Like they think they want you to keep doing it every day. But no. in the reality is it would wear off at but some point. People definitely need something like that once a week yeah. in between Sundays, you know, something to remind them that they need to hop in the word, you know. Yeah, and that's what we've really been thinking through in our creative meetings each week. It's like just as much effort as we put into a Sunday service. What if we put that amount of effort into something midweek mm-hmm. just for online? Like you don't show up at the building. You don't do anything like that. Like this is just online. What would that look like? Yeah. And the one thing we've been spitballing with our small groups leader is an actual weekly Bible study that we threw around the idea of live streaming it at first. But now I think we're leaning more towards recording them, batch recording them, and then posting them weekly just to make things a little more efficient and streamlined. But the structure for that was something like uh, he was going to have somebody on, like either someone in the church or a guest from another church or whatever, and he was going to kind of host it. And then they were going to do a study on a specific topic and show how to study that in the Word and then have a time for Q&A at the end, right? 
Yeah. And so we haven't tested that out yet, but that's something we've been thinking about trying out as a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll get that going pretty soon. Did we plan for July? I think August. August. Start. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. So just wanted to shoot around some ideas with you guys on this podcast. We kind of, we don't necessarily feel like we're failing with live streaming. We just think that live streaming fails as a sole strategy for online church. Mm-hmm unless you're doing it like elevation, you know, they're doing a great job and there's some other churches doing that too. So we kicked around some ideas and as this podcast goes on, we'll talk about our, our uh, failures with implementing some of these things. And then we'll talk about our successes too on how it works for us. But we invite you guys too to dive on in and try some things. And if you find some things that work, let us know so that we can let everybody else know that listens to this podcast. And together we can come up, you know, with an online strategy that serves the online audience, those church at home people in the best way possible with the gospel. That's the goal here. Word. Awesome. Well, if there's one thing we'd ask you to do at the end of this podcast is to subscribe so that we can let you know when the next episode comes out. These come out weekly on Thursdays. Um, and also, if you could leave us a rating and a review on wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that'll help us you know, show up in people's searches and things like that and help them discover it so that they can be helped in, by our failures and, and laugh at, at things too and just have a good time as we all learn together. So get out there and share the gospel. We're, we're thankful to be a part of your journey and reach out to us if you need anything.